You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Their pitching is a disaster, and it's everybody. Max Scherzer was great this week. We have no idea what he'll be next week. Justin Verlander has been up and down. Kodai Senga has been up and down. Carlos Carrasco has mostly been down. Tyler McGill, despite last Friday, has mostly been down. And this bullpen... You know, outside of David Robertson, is not good. Dominic Leone's had some moments. I give him props for that. Josh Walker, despite getting pounded on that line drive off his leg or whatever, has looked okay. But this is a crap bullpen with a crap rotation. Yeah, and then on top of that, like, not for nothing, I understand they need arms because they use them every freaking day. Uh, like, they go to them in the fourth or fifth inning or whatever, but, like, John Curtis looked good the other day. He gets optioned. Like the guy that actually pitched pitched no. well is is not available. He'll be back. Okay, so what's going on with that is because they're pitching minus Drew Smith, who's still on the roster but can't pitch, they got to use guys with options to send down to get you a fresh arm. So Grant Hartwig was the guy who was the fresh arm. He was the guy who they said, okay. Let's call him up. And he's a great story. And he made his major league debut and he, you know, walked a million guys in the finale of this series. But so far, hasn't given up an earned run. So he's got a zero ERA. Good for him. It's not a knock on John Curtis more than it is. They have to use the guys with options just to get another pitcher up here. Dominic Leone doesn't have options. They DFA Dominic Leone. He's gone. So I think, unfortunately for John Curtis, he was just a victim of the numbers game. And he'll be back at some point. Yeah, but, but, but can I ask you a question? Do you think it's the, the end of the world if you DFA Dominic Leone? It is because – not the end of the world. I don't want to say that. It, it's it's not smart only because you're just losing an arm. And they but, don't have a lot of arms. John but, Curtis, they uh, didn't lose. They just sent them down. He'll be back in 10 days. My God. This is what's killing me right now. This is the whole Tommy Hunter thing. This is the whole Vogelback thing, even though he's finally hot. Like, just because you're afraid of losing them doesn't mean you shouldn't get rid of them. Like, the, no, but, but, but wait a second. Wait a second. Dominic Leone. I, I got to defend Dominic Leone. I can't believe oh. this. This is where we are on the podcast <laughs> right now. This is where we are in the season. <laughs> Dominic Leone's pitched really well over the last week and a half. Like, he was terrible against the Astros. I'm not defending what he did in the finale of this series, but he got the loss. He was, he sucked. 
But the games against the Yankees, dude was great. Dude was great. He pitched like he got left five outs in the first game of the series. The series against the Cardinals, he pitched well. He got a huge strike out of Nolan Arenado with guys on base. Uh, I'm not saying he's a world beater and he'll be a forgotten man in the history of the New York Mets sooner rather than later. And he probably will get DFA'd at some point. But let's not act like, oh, my God, they should have gotten rid of him. The guy pitched well over the last couple of weeks. I just for for a team that's desperate to get something right, and you're right. Like he hasn't pitched the worst, but in those moments, you're like, "Oh my God!" There's no one better in this organization than Dominic Leon. That that's the other issue, Pete. They don't have a lot of pitching. <laughs> they they just don't. They don't have bullpen arms that are coming up that excite you. They don't have starting pitching options that come up and excite you. They are they the bereft of pitching. They just are, and that's why we're here. That's why we're sitting here at 34 and 40 more than anything else. And the only way out of this is something that's very unlikely, which is that their starting pitchers just have to start to pitch awesome because you can overcome the lack of a bullpen. You can. You can hide it a little bit if you're getting really good, effective, deep starting pitching performances. So I'll wave a magic wand. I don't expect any of this to happen. But if Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are who we know or think they are or used to be, and Kodai Sanger just starts clicking, and Carlos Carrasco is the guy from a year ago, you can hide this crap bullpen. But when you go to your bullpen in the third inning, which they did in the finale of this series, you can't hide it. It's right there in front of you. So the only thing that can save us, the only thing that can save us, are those starting pitchers I just mentioned, and Quintana, who's on his way back, you want to throw him in there, or Joey Lucchese, who should be called up tomorrow to get Tyler McGill's ass off this roster. I've seen enough. It is now almost July. I have seen enough. Give me Lucchese. He's pitched well in AAA. Give him a second shot. Adds a lefty to the rotation, which they don't have. Let's go. But that's the only thing that's going to turn this thing around is those starting pitchers have to be better because right now it, it it adds up. You get bad starting pitching that's bad enough. Now you go into your bullpen in the third inning. That's even worse. And now you're losing games even when you score eight runs. All right. So here's the big picture situation. 34-40, you just said. You made it a uh, point to talk about you got rid of Fran Valdez and your fantasy baseball team because you're selling. <laughs> you, you looked at the picture and said, okay, it, we, we, you, you had to sell, which I'm amazed you even did that. That being said, the Mets, a lot of people are saying they have to do what's right. It's time. They need to be sellers. A, what are they saying? B, who's doing the selling? Well, okay. So before we even get into any of that stuff, there is no need to make a decision like that. There's no need to declare today the Mets are sellers, the Mets are buyers, the Mets are squatters. It's irrelevant. No one is selling and nobody's buying in late June. So I'll give you a date. I did this with the Nets when I uh, used to have time to do a Brooklyn Nets podcast. I remember before they blew it up with Durant and Kyrie, I said to my guy, Mike, I said, I forget the date I used, January 20th, whatever it was. I said, if they don't turn it around by January 20th, I want everybody gone. I want to blow it up. With this team, it's July 20th. It's That's a month from now. Let's see where they are. Right now, they look like a team that may be more buried than they are today. 
They're seven games back in the loss column or whatever it is. They are a ways away. They are trailing every team in the National League, but St. Louis, Washington, and Colorado. If that's where they are in late July, then we could have a selling conversation, even though there isn't much to sell. I just think right now on June 21st, 22nd, 23rd, it's irrelevant. Like right now, they look like a bad team. Right now, they look like a team that should be on their way to selling. But again, what are they selling, which we'll discuss. Uh, But I just don't think it's, it's just not worth a discussion now because there's a month. And are they going to stun us and go win 10 out of 12? Probably not. But if they do, then why were we discussing selling in late June? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's stupid. Sometimes things take care of itself and it becomes very obvious. Right now, it feels obvious. We're not there yet. Let's see what this looks like in a month. Though right now, my confidence level is it ain't going to look much better. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole issue because I'm still trying to be as optimistic as possible, and I I think like I got a text today from our good buddy Harris Allen. He said he's done. He's like, what, what, I, it, what does that mean though? That Harris is Harris is a great Met fan, as we know, worked at the station yeah. for a million years, but he's done with what? Like he stops he, watching? No, no. But he he's he's given up on the season as being a success. He's he's realized that. This team is is bad and accepts the, what's going to come another disappointing season. Okay, so here's the problem with all this. I think the Mets are probably done. I think that the season to me died somewhere during the Subway Series, but really over the weekend against St. Louis. That was my moment of, we're screwed. This is not turning around. Me telling you that here on the Rico Bronia is my opinion. It's all it is. I hope I'm wrong. I'm giving you my opinion, knowing, God, I hope I'm making fun of myself in late August and September. I'm not going to stop watching games. I don't think most of our listeners are going to stop watching games. So I'm just offering an opinion. But that opinion is not going to make me feel better when they blow a game on Friday night against Philadelphia. So even though, oh, I'm mentally telling everybody the season's over, we're done, we're dead, That's not going to make losing easier, and it ain't going to work for Harris either. Harris Allen could say all day, oh, yeah, we're done. I've accepted it. Yeah, I haven't accepted it because if you're sitting there on a Friday night watching Apple TV, Mets, Phillies, and they blow a 5-2 to lead in the ninth inning, trust me, you haven't accepted a damn thing. So all of us could play these games. Like, I'm going to go through these emails in a second, and you're going to hear a lot of that. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm this. I'm that. Look, if you're not going to watch the games anymore, that's fine. Like, that's up to you. But if you're still watching the games, then you're not really done. You just think they're done and you hope you're wrong. All right, let me get to some of these emails. I don't even know where to start. I got so many. Should I start Monday? Uh, Okay. Yeah, let's start with a mid-game tweet from Monday while Scherzer's dominating. Al Gelsomino writes, if he blows this game, he better go on the IL or retire. <laughs> Giuseppe Menino writes, subject line, the mercenary piece of crap. Hey, Evan, first time emailing you, I was shocked to see Scherzer pitch past the sixth inning, and all I could think of is the shock going through your head as he comes out for the eighth. And by the way, I was the guy calling you Tomas Nito at the softball game. (laughs) Thank you, Giuseppe. (laughs) Oh, boy. Alex Barrios, this is great. I love the confident emails. Again, this is all Monday. Mets are winning and have won a game. 
Alex, you naive little bastard. I'm just kidding, Alex. You naive little wonderful person. The Mets showed what could happen if they play with confidence. Max's slaughter was filthy. Vogie's putting it together. Lindor had a nice five ER five RBI game. Let's build on this. <laughs> Allison Kane writes, I'm so happy Craig is. Oh, no, that's something different. Thank you, Allison. But no, when I, when I get into that. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, let's see. Casey Manning is very upset. There's no team that takes good feelings and completely wipes their asses with them like the New York Mets. Well said, Casey. I get Valdez has been nasty tonight, but the at-bats are entirely uncompetitive. They have zero shot of ever getting hot because they can't put together complete games. The only way they get back into this is by winning seven or eight straight, and there's just no way in hell they accomplish that. The season is slowly dying, and we're just innocent bystanders, yet again going down with the ship. Just a disappointment of epic proportions. But hey, at least we get to watch Daniel Vogel back every day. How lucky are we? You are right. We do have the look. <laughs> We're very lucky. We get to watch Vogie every single day. Fred Solomon writes, this team is a mess from top to bottom. Epler ran it back last winter. Buck and his staff didn't change the message after last year's finish. And this team is woefully unprepared and unmotivated on a daily basis. Things I never thought I'd say about a Buck-led team. Mental and physical errors make a team already sloppy, unwatchable. He is right about the mental errors, and I can't explain that one. They make so many of them on like a daily basis. Uh, Fred goes on to write, Buck has forgotten more baseball than I'll ever know, but his time is up. He lost the room, and he gives off the impression he doesn't care. Epler was Cohen's 10th choice, and he's showing exactly why. Neither guy has shown a sense of urgency over the last season and a half. Cohen needs to clean house. Epler, Buck, the staff, everybody. There's no excuse for a franchise-wide regression that we're seeing. Well, if the season goes like this, I don't think either of them are coming back. I agree with you about that. Um, Samuel Lowenthal. The revenge of Vogelbach. <laughs> Casey wrote back again asking me, uh, are you ready to fire Buck Showalter? Alex Barrios, who started off so confident, writes back, they need to be sellers. That is all. Alberto gave me and Lugie credit because on the air today, we kept saying the Mets will lose, the Mets will lose. And he said, uh, you basically called it all afternoon. I'm not going to get to all of his of what he wrote, but I appreciate it. Let me get to Steve Johnson. This is a good one. Steve writes, Evan and Hoff, 
After another brutal loss in which the Mets scored eight runs and still lost, I decided to go back and see what the Mets' record is when scoring four or more runs in a game. Last year, through the first half of the season, 93 games, the Mets' record when they scored four or more runs was 49-3. and Good research by Steve. we got to get him on the staff now. I love this. 49-3 and when the Mets score four or more. This year, through 74 games, they are 27 and 18. (laughs) That's brutal. So they are basically on track to match the amount of games they have scored four more runs. It's obviously on the pitching. Of those 18 losses, Max Scherzer started two games, Verlander three, McGill four, Sango one, and the rest were started by either Peterson, Lucchese, Carrasco, and a bullpen game. But if you think that stat is bad, this is worse. I looked up other teams' records when scoring four more runs. The Phillies have lost 11 of those games, the Marlins 11, and the Nationals, yet the Nationals, who suck, have fewer losses than the Mets do at 14. Sadly, I don't think the pitching will get any better anytime soon, especially with this bullpen. The only optimistic takeaway right now is that at least Tommy Pham and Daniel Vogelback have trade value. He is right, and I appreciate the research he did on the numbers. It's the pitching. It really, really is the pitching. And there is no answer to that other than running most of these guys out every five days. Not all of them, because Miguel, I already make the move on. I go to Joey Lucchese. But with Verlander and Scherzer and Senga and maybe Carrasco, but those three specifically, They just have to continue to run those guys out every five days and hope it's a different result. And then you have Buck saying, I want to split up Max and Verlander. Why? He's like, well, they usually go deep into games. Do they? And they did this turnaround, but do they usually go deep into games? So they got the weekend against the Phillies coming up uh, with an off day on Thursday, thank God, so the Mets can't lose. Kodai Senga against Taiwan Walker on Friday night. I warn you, it's an Apple TV game. Carlos Carrasco is pitching the Saturday game. Uh, He's facing a lefty on Saturday. So that means uh, no Daniel Vogelback, which is just unfortunate for us. And then on Sunday, we have at least on paper a pretty good pitching matchup. Max Scherzer against Zach Wheeler. The Mets have done a really good job against the Phillies the last couple of years. Eventually, that's going to end. They got to win this series. And I know we say that now before ever. They got to win this series. They got to do this. They got to do that. They really do. Because if they fall 10 games under 500 and they're on their way, <laughs> they're, they're moving quickly towards that magic number of 10. They're at six. I think you eventually get to that point of no return. Because as we said last time on the Rico, they're already calendar wise past the Nationals of 2019 and past the Braves of 2021 and past the Phillies of 2022. They're going to have to create their own historical comeback as they're sitting here 74 games into the season and six games under 500. Uh, Evan, it's amazing. Honestly, the Mets continue to amaze me. How could this be this bad after such a good season last year and the promise we're talking about 10 games under 500 and and the season basically being buried already in June. Yeah, the, the, the answer to that would be they are worse almost everywhere. 
That that's the answer. Like they are worse outside of catcher. They are better at catcher with Francisco Alvarez. They are worse. Alonzo's a little bit worse, but he's not having a terrible season. So I don't want to say they're significantly worse, but they're significantly worse with Jeff McNeil. They're worse, not by a lot, by a little bit with Lindor. They're just worse. They're worse with Starling Marte. Starling Marte was an all-star last year. What is he now? They're worse. And then more than that, because that's a little bit. The pitching just sucks. I mean, Chris Bassett was great last year. Scherzer was great when he pitched. I'll give you another guy who was great. And I I can't believe I'm bringing this guy up. But when you try, because you ask a great question, hey, how do they do it last year and how do they do it this year? Last year, David Peterson made 19 starts. 19 starts. 19 starts. The Mets won 12 of the games that he started. Last year, Tyler McGill made nine starts. The Mets won seven of those games. I'll get you more specific. The Mets used five depth guys last year. David Peterson, Trevor Williams, Tyler McGill, Jose Buto, and Thomas Zapucki. Okay? 39 starts by those guys. 39. 39 starts by depth guys. 39 starts by guys who most of them are in the minor leagues right now. Zapucki is somewhere else. He was in the Darren Rump trade. Peterson's in the minors. Williams is in D.C. Budo's in the minors. McGill's getting his ass kicked in the rotation. 39 starts from those depth guys. They were 25 and 14. 25. They were 11 games above 500 when they started depth guys. So they're pitching not just the top guys, not just the top guys, everywhere was significantly better. And that's how you somehow get this, I don't want to say best to worst because they weren't the best last year, but a 101-win team on their way to finishing under 500, which is remarkable. And we'll do this podcast later. I don't want to do it now, but we are going to have to do a heavy debate on the worst and most disappointing season in the history of the New York Mets because this is up there. I had thought for a while 2017 was a big one. Big disappointment 2017. Coming off of the pennant of 15, making the playoffs despite the injuries of 16, the hope and the promise of 17. 2023 is like spitting all over 2017. Like just disgusted by it. Like, ah, you thought you were bad. So unfortunately, that's a podcast for a different day. But I'll tell you what is a podcast for tomorrow, depending on when you're listening. Maybe it's already available. But posted on Thursday night will be the podcast of the could have been off season. You've waited a long time for it. We break down the what could have been off season. We appreciate you listening, emailing, and interacting with the pod, the Rico B at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Rico Brody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.